Connecticut and Massachusetts, Z&M Homes buys houses. Sell your property to the local guys. Needs repairs, updates, maybe foreclosure or inherited? No problem. We got gotcha. you. Google or add us on Facebook at Z-A-N-D-M-Homes.com. From time to time, I'll occasionally hear someone complain that nobody is making good music these days. And if they are, it's nearly impossible to find it. That statement, of course, is total crap. Finding new music has always required a little bit of effort, maybe a little bit of guidance too, and a whole lot of open-mindedness. Give me those three things, and you're going to find plenty of new music being made right now by a bunch of very talented, young, up-and-coming artists. Ironically, people tend to shy away from the things that they don't know about, as if listening to an unfamiliar song is somehow unhealthy and dangerous. The truth is that a song only remains unfamiliar until the moment you've heard it. The other true statement is that every song from every artist that you care about has at one point or another been an up-and-coming artist. And in those moments when you finally discover something new and it connects itself to you, well, that's part of the joy of listening to music in the first place. But it requires an open mind and a willing set of ears. Because when I tell you that there is some incredible music being released right now, taking my word for it alone shouldn't be the thing that convinces you. You need to experience that music on your own, which brings me to today's episode. My guest today is Jess Callen. Jess Callen is a wildly talented indie folk artist that has just released their first album this week. The name of that album is Exotherm, and it's amazing. The title track and the new single, Inc., are any indication of what's to come in the rest of this album. You will no longer be asking me, hey, how come no one's putting out any good music anymore? They are. And today, we're going to start with the amazing Jess Callen on Baxi's musical podcast. How are you, Michael? Very good. So good to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, thanks for for asking me on. Oh my god. Well, I, I was I was given the choice of a, of a couple people to talk to and uh, and Sarah sent me a, a couple of artists. And the the first one I heard was I heard Ink and I'm going Okay, that's the one I want to talk to first. You know, when, oh, amazing. When, whenever I talk to like a like a, a new up and coming artist, I mean, you don't always know what to expect. But I listen to like 15 seconds of that track. I'm going, all right. Well, I've fallen in love with all of it, and I've even surprised myself by how much I've I've fallen in love with with uh, not just that song, but but really all of them. What a what a great way to come out swinging for you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Wow, that is that means so much to hear. I'm so glad the music, yeah, is already resonating with you. That's great. Well, and and, and it is. And I'm I'm not the youngest guy in the world, but I mean, I I know a great song when I hear it. And when I heard that one, I'm like, well, I I'm I'm anxious to hear what the rest of it sounds like. And, and everything I've heard, I've just been uh, you really very very impressed and amazed by. Thank you so much. Wow, yeah. so exciting. So I was you know, reading up on, uh, on your history a little bit, and uh, what I learned is that you've been playing guitar from the age of like five or six, which is pretty young to be learning any instrument, <laughs> but five or six. And I, I believe your dad was a, a guitar player. What kind of music did you grow up with? 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I I think I heard my dad kind of casually strumming his guitar around the house. Um, and he is like a big heavy metal kind of a like <laughs> San Francisco metal head, like just kind of picture picture the per that person in your head. <laughs> and that's my dad. So I grew up I grew up around like that kind of like heavy, heavy music, which which seems kind of funny because when you hear the music that I tend to make it's not really like well every kid has to rebel like, jess every <laughs> that's that's like the only way i can justify it i guess i'm like well i guess i was just like i want to be like my dad but i want to be like different i've got to be like subversive <laughs> in some way right so yeah. instead of making like heavy angry music i'm gonna make like some contemplative kind of thoughtful <laughs> like folk influence like whatever i don't know there aren't uh, really enough heavy metal singer songwriter indie folk artists out there <laughs> that's true yeah maybe the next record we can really <laughs> yeah hone in on that um yeah so i grew up around a lot of that but you know i mean my my parents played all sorts of just kind of music around the house i mean i remember um my sibling and i really like I don't know, acting out all the songs of like Sgt. Peppers, you know, <laughs> like there's such a funny, like, I don't know, like creating our own narrative to that. Um, and then as far, I think maybe some of like the first early like folk music that I heard was the soundtrack to my brother, Where Art Thou, which like seems kind of like a random first pull, but I, I feel like those <laughs> those songs really stuck in my head as like, um interesting and like great storytelling of course like simon and garfunkel a lot of they might be giants was like in the car a lot a lot of green day yeah i don't know it was pretty eclectic there's yeah. all sorts of stuff you're listening to yeah that's i mean that's good though i think every every kid should be exposed to a, a broad range of of music i mean i exposed my kids to that kind of thing and i think ultimately that that kind of helps them build their own of taste and desires with you know, musically. I think it's a great way to do things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky that the music was never even like as soon as I yeah was five or six and expressed an interest in making the noise myself, my parents, you know, took it seriously. They were, you know, they yeah. didn't, they didn't put it off for a second clearly. <laughs> and so I just, yeah, picked what, it up quick. What I think was really, uh, really interesting is to find out that that song, uh, while you've been playing guitar for, you know, most of your life now, but songwriting is actually fairly new territory for you. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, totally. It, it is interesting, too, that it never, yeah, it, it did come later on. Um, I went to school, actually, for guitar, like for guitar performance. So that was kind of always like, and it's my first love, right? I just kind of sunk into it. And that's still probably one of my like deepest, most favorite things to do. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't until, yeah, it wasn't until school when I just took a, a songwriting class that I realized I really liked kind of crafting songs as well. And it made sense. I was definitely like a English and like humanities kid in high school. I loved kind of, I would spend hours just tweaking word choice in my papers so it kind of like it felt it it felt right to kind of be that person who was doing the same thing but with songs now and so yeah it wasn't really until college when I started realizing like yeah this is something that I also like to do that I, I like to craft a, a song from the bottom up and uh also play the guitar parts I mean look <laughs> but that's where it usually starts for me but um, yeah, that's that's kind of where it started in, in school. Yeah, you know, I've had the chance to talk to quite a lot of songwriters over the last couple of years. And um, 
you know, and, and particularly about the craft of coming up with, with new songs. And everybody's process is, uh, is a little bit different. I mean, some try to write something every single day. Other people, you know, wait for the songs to find them. Where in that spectrum do, do you fall in songwriting? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it really, gosh, it really depends. I, I really admire people who are um, consistent, prolific um, writers. And it is, and sometimes I kind of fall into like a season of my life where like I'm doing that, where I'm writing every day, um, or at least editing something every day. But more often than not, it's, it's, it feels like a little like drop of magic. I'm like sitting with a guitar and then like something I just play something and then things kind of appear, right? Right. Um, so it's usually a little more spontaneous, um, at least the like start of it. And then finishing a song, I I don't know how to explain the mental process other than maybe <laughs> it's just like kind of manic, honestly. <laughs> like, like I'll just kind of obsess over finishing the song until like I reach a good stopping point. And that doesn't mean like I'll edit it, you know kind of down the line I fully believe in like finishing a song and then leaving it for a few months and then coming back and right. like make edits on it but I do become very like hyper fixated on like whatever song I'm working on until you know it's like I can't really think about much else for those <laughs> couple days I've actually heard that a lot I, you know even for yeah. people that you expect where it should come easy you know they wind up punishing themselves over that process, you know, like I have to finish this or I have to remember this or I have to put it someplace. And, you know, the, there's a kind of mental organization that that that's required of the craft. And it's it's like a blessing or a curse for some people. Yeah, I I feel that it's yeah. Some days it feels more like the curse, right? When you're like, I just want to <laughs> like get my groceries or whatever, but I like can't stop like thinking about tinkering with this song a little bit more. But now, most days it feels really like, I don't know, it feels really cathartic and special to sink into that, that feeling to sink into the song. And uh, yeah, just come out the other side, like you're popping your head out of the water and taking a deep breath. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you had a couple songs on, uh, on Bandcamp that have been there for, for quite a while, just a, a small handful. Yeah. And some of them go back to like 2018. Uh, as far mm -hmm. as the songs on the, on the, this album exotherm how far back did those songs go do they come from as far back as 2018 great question yeah there there are a couple songs that i think are that old there's um one of them i think that's out right now is called the knife and mm. that one is that one's a little bit probably maybe the oldest song on the record probably from around that time 2018 and then i would say the majority of the stuff on the record is from like those early days of the pandemic kind of like 2020 right stuck at home there's nothing there's no other gigs happening so i guess i'm gonna finish a bunch of songs right um so that's and that's what kind of feels i don't know part of the record now feels like so foreign because i'm like gosh who was the person who wrote this and i was like oh yeah it was a person who was like held captive in their house <laughs> like we all were like we were all just stuck and so they it feels like there's a lot of you know moments of me like kind of spotlighting my little home life at that time and yeah. on the record which makes sense because I was I mean we were all home all day for like a year so I kind of wondered about that because you know for for a lot of people when they when they write songs especially like a new album is about to come out yeah you know, they're super connected to those songs but then all of a sudden they start writing new songs before the album comes out and like eh, 
now I'm not so sure about those old songs I've been pouring my heart into. Do you do you feel that that same kind of uh, that same kind of situation? Oh my god, of course. It's really like <laughs> stereotypical and like I you know, it's like, oh, I don't even I don't even recognize that person. These songs aren't even me anymore. Like <laughs> it feels very stereotypical, but I'm certainly like I've never really been in a record cycle for my own music before, so I'm definitely learning like okay, I think like this kind of dissociative like feeling is has to be kind of part of it just cuz of the pace of getting such a massive project like this done um so yeah I'm, I'm learning like okay I think it, it can be also helpful a little bit to be a little bit like dissociated from it a little right. removed be like yeah even if like I don't feel like the Jess that wrote those songs like I can still be proud of that person and you know you know I can still celebrate that person even though they're like a couple years in the rear view at this point and these songs feel that way too um but yeah, it's interesting. It's, I'm I'm learning to instead of kind of yeah brood over that like oh this these songs aren't even me anymore. I'm just trying to I'm trying to like you know em, embrace that person who wrote them instead. But, <laughs> but there's also got to be a part of you that you know now that you're at the the finish line and the album is is is, is coming out that it must kind of feel like this enormous weight is just pouring off of you, holding on to these uh, these songs and trying to make them you know just perfect and you know just the way you want and now. You know that moment of of release is is finally here. I mean, it's it's got to be an enormous you know weight yeah, off your it, shoulders. It really it does feel enormous. Yeah, thank you. And I I really mean it when I say like anyone who finishes a record or even like like an EP, uh, like giant visual art project, like it's a miracle it gets done. Like it is. There's so much going on in life. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm I'm sometimes shocked that we we got it yeah. to the finish line the the team around the record and I it's it really is a miracle so like to anyone who's yeah just sitting on their project like just giving it all the nudges they can like I I see you I feel you I'm like rooting for you like it took me a couple years to really finally put this one on the front burner um and to kind of push it out at the very you know towards the <laughs> finish line so I really feel you. It's a miracle it gets done. Yeah, it's, it's a birth, is what it is. It's really a birth. You know, it's a it's a it's a miraculous uh, crescendo of 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 life. I guess you could say. I don't know. You know, I, totally. I, I already mentioned how much I love the the song Ink. I think it's just a, a a wonderful song. But the other one that I that really leaped out at me is uh, is Mile Eleven, which I think oh, is an you. absolutely gorgeous song. And 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 I want to. Th- I, I'm, I'm going to go on on a limb here. I'm going to th- throw something at you, and I'm not even sure that this is someone you you know or have been influenced oh. by, but when I hear that song, I hear a couple of influences, in the, and, and one that just really just, you know, leaped out at me yes. was the music of the late Judy Sill. I don't know if you're, oh, wow. I don't know if you're aware of her. Uh, yeah, I am a little bit. Wow, that's that's really high praise. Oh well, my goodness. It's you know, for people who don't know who Judy Sill was, Judy was this this brilliant singer-songwriter that released only two albums in 71 and 73, and the first album was produced by uh, Graham Nash from Crosby Sills and Nash and uh, and the Hollies. And uh these records are kind of obscure, but it's some of the most amazingly sophisticated songwriting maybe ever. And I hear shades of that uh, along the way, it's particularly in Mile Eleven, but also in in some of the older songs like uh, like No Ordinary Love. I heard it too, and I and I don't know how aware you are of her music or how much time you've you've spent absorbing it, but but there really are 
some parallels in the way these songs are constructed. Thank you. Yeah, that is that's again really high praise, and I I definitely yeah I think I think there it was some absorption for sure of that like kind of seventies folk influenced kind of um, songwriting. I mean I I think even I mean I I don't know that this will ring a bell maybe for you i I imagine it might this band called the roaches um that's like three sisters from the 70s they write really like kind of almost like comedic but like beautiful strange folk influence like type of music and i i love songs that kind of i don't know there's something about that this record that i'm thinking of in particular by the roaches i think it's a Mm self-titled album that is like it's equal parts just like silliness and joy and um it doesn't you know the the music it has like this very visceral beauty to it but it's it's also very silly there's some really like just straight up like i think like you could even call them like comedy songs on them they're like very silly um but there's one track in particular called the hammond song i think that's really there's like nothing like it i've never heard anything like this song really um but yeah, yeah, I love that kind of 70s storytelling um kind of sound. It's I, I think it is something that I've absorbed. And yeah, Judy Judy still definitely yeah, fits in that kind of like yeah. bubble of head, if you know what I mean. Yeah. One of the things that I that I really have appreciated about a lot of the uh, the songs is uh, is what you're doing lyrically and how you've crafted them. You know, you know mm-hmm. on one hand, you know, kind of like what you're saying uh, with the roaches this this whimsical childlike way you start a lot of these songs mm-hmm. uh like like exotherm for example i mean you, you start singing about a pet turtle behind a flower pot and then all in the next breath yeah. you become very self-reflective and, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and i'm not saying there's a formula you know there per se but i really like the way you, you twist things and, and take turns in different directions that i don't think a lot of people might expect you to, to be taking them and i think that's just a really cool approach to lyrics Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it is definitely something I spend a lot of time thinking about is like, how do I make each line and lyric really impactful and surprising? Um, and but of course, just always like truthful, just always, you know, rooted in in truth. And I think that's hopefully why like that a silly lyric about my pet turtle, which is a very like, you know, it's a, it's a pretty weird thing to be writing a song about. Like I'll admit it. Like, um, but hopefully it, yeah, it kind of resonates with something, something truthful inside everybody about, yeah, that feeling of digging holes, trying to run like that, uh, struggle with identity and trying to figure out what it means for each of us. Well, and yeah. the, the video is good. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm watching it thinking, she is going to find this turtle, right? Yeah. <laughs> if this turtle's not gone, is it? I don't want to get too emotionally attached to the turtle. Oh my god! I even had my my mom texted me after the video came out. She was like, "Your your grandma watched your video and was like really worried, like that your turtle was really lost. Like you should probably like reach out to her." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah. Call your grandmother. Oh, no. Let her know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I'm like real Jewish guilt in there. Like you need to call your grandma. Like <laughs> So when you're, when you're writing lyrics, I mean, it, is there a certain approach that you're trying to take? I mean, do you, do you, do you let the lyrics kind of progress in their own or do you know where you want to go with this narrative as you're writing them? I feel like the songs usually reveal themselves to me. It seems pretty rare. Like I know where the song is going when I sit down to start, but it usually starts with a lyric or a turn of phrase that like jumps out at me. 
like that the first line of exotherm right my pet turtle likes the space between the flower pot and wall which is just a funny a funny thing that she likes to just wedge herself in there and then the rest of the song kind of you know usually that's how it works the rest of the song kind of spills out um but i do yeah i do love to kind of toggle back and forth between observational hyper specific things and yeah then like the big the big truths that we all feel because yeah not everybody has a pet turtle who does that but <laughs> I think you know everybody can hopefully relate to you know to some of that experience or something with, with your dad being a, a metalhead does he listen to these lyrics and go this is this is not my kid you know he's never really yeah he he plays it pretty close to the chest i'd say like he doesn't reveal too much about how he feels sometimes he did like particularly say that he really liked ink to me and so i was like yeah that makes sense that one tends to be a little bit of the like raucous one well <laughs> so I, that made sense the the way you take that that song it it starts off very much like that it's 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 there's a that whimsical childlike feel but then all of a sudden the song really starts to to come together and it's freaking awesome the way that the whole thing works it's a it's it's a it's a it's an amazing song Thank you. Thank you. I am I am proud of that one. It's it's one of those like special little magic songs that like came out in less than an hour probably. Like the whole thing. There's not it's really crazy when that happens. I don't yeah, I don't know how to explain how a song just like finds its way into your body, but like yeah, that was one of those kind of magic ones where there was a little bit of editing after, but like 99% of the song was just in one sitting. And with that with that riff, I think yeah. the riff kind of and the rhythm kind of pushed the lyrics just right out. The riff seals the whole deal. That's that's for sure. That's a great one. So you know, now that the the record is is out, and now you're doing uh, interviews with complete strangers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where are you gonna you know take this promotionally? I mean, I, I assume at some point you may get on the on the road with this. I mean, what what is the what's the plan uh, moving forward with this? Yeah, yeah, I would love to take this this music on the road. I've I've never really like done a, a tour of my own music. I play guitar for some other artists and so I've I've been on a few tours and like of course there's nothing like that feeling. It's an amazing experience um to get to yeah, bring the songs to a new city every day. Um so yeah, I'd love to do that. I'm kind of looking into like the fall to kind of start planning a little tour. In the meanwhile, like I'm you know just in in Los Angeles, I've got a little sh like release show on June 26th to celebrate this record that I'm excited for. It's kind of, yeah, going to just be a nice little friends and family affair. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, as much as I can, I love I love just, you know, making noise with my life, you know, <laughs> so I would love to take I would love to take this noise. Yeah, wherever, wherever it will let me. Yeah. I was also uh, reading, uh, and it's a good thing you're, you're thinking about the, the fall, just around the time where, you know, kids need to be educated. But uh, you, you also teach, too. And, and yeah. tell, tell me about, a bit about that. Oh, man, it's it's another just real, like, blessing, I feel like I, I get to do in, in my life. And with this very niche skill set that I have developed that is, like, strumming a bunch of strings really well um <laughs> but uh i mostly teach well i do some like kind of private lessons type of thing um and those students kind of can range from like really really young ukulele students to like you know mi the middle-aged like intermediate guitar player that like 
yeah, just <laughs> wants to like keep up their skills. Um, and then I also do a lot of teaching through a nonprofit here in LA called Young Musicians Foundation. Um, and as far as like music, big music nonprofits go, I really believe that this one really gets it right. Um, they, as a teaching artist there, I help kind of bridge the gap um, for students who have just no arts in their schools at all. There's mm. a lot of a lot of schools here in LA that just have no funding for the arts. Um, and so I get to come into the classrooms and bring music there. Um, and so we'll we'll learn everything from like music fundamentals to learning like a, a really specific silly song for them to sing and dance to to kind of punctuate their week. And it's it's really special, special stuff. Like the kids are so eager and hungry for it, especially because there's just not much else that they get um, during their weeks. Um, and yeah, I, I feel really lucky. Like my mom is an educator, so I think it's kind of like a a family thing that was passed down to um that I really enjoy yeah. I love yeah getting to build these relationships and communities with what are, um, what, young what are the the ages you're, you're working with it it ranges pretty pretty greatly but um this past year is with like elementary school so as young as like five six and as yep. old as like that fifth grade kind of like 10 year old range <laughs> so just like um oh my god there's such a huge difference even between like kindergarten and first grade right it's oh, yeah. just it just like truly stretches every like teaching muscle well i mean they're they're <laughs> much they're much more receptive to that than say by the time they get to middle school when they're you know 13 14 years old and they you, they don't care what you're trying to teach them it's ne <laughs> never going to connect them whatsoever true. but it's, oh it is true. it is true well, yeah, I definitely have even like fourth graders who are like a little too cool for me. They're like, you don't know, they're like, you don't know who this is. Like, if they have an artist that I've never heard of, or you know, they they can sometimes be, yeah, just so cutting and like it's amazing. It's amazing. It's on. I really admire the directness, honestly. I and I wish, yeah, I I think we could all benefit from being <laughs> bringing that more into our day-to-day -day. <laughs> well if, if a five or six year old comes up to you and say hey you know your music reminds me of the music of the late judy sill i want you to call me back and let me know <laughs> yeah yeah okay will do <laughs> like i said i'm so uh I'm, I'm so pleased that you could join me today the the album is great for the parts that i've heard i can't wait to hear the rest of it ink is such an amazing song and i wish you all the best with this record you, you should be very very proud of it Thanks so much, Michael. It's just, yeah, just a treat to talk to you today. And yeah, I'm so glad the music is is almost here. And yeah, yeah, keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Jess. I appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. You too. The name of Jess Callen's new record is Exotherm. It's now available everywhere. It is awesome. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you give the record a listen and feel free to subscribe, like, share, and talk things up amongst your friends. You can email me at backsofrock102.com. I'd love to know what you think. Thanks again to ZM Home Buyers at ZMHomes.com. And thanks again for listening to Baxi's musical podcast.